Welcome to The Hot Round, a sports podcast serving up quick reads and hot takes with a particular focus on the NFL. I'm your host, John Peterson. Welcome to the Week 12 edition of The Hot Route. We saw some monster games from the usual suspects like Derrick Henry and Tyreek Hill, but the real news story of Week 12 was COVID-19. The Broncos were forced to play a game without a quarterback, while the Ravens-Steelers game kept getting moved back and is now slated for this Wednesday. We'll talk more about the COVID situation, but first, here are the 10 things that you need to know from Week 12. Zero touchdowns running or passing for the first time in a game this season for Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray. Now, this shows just how consistent Murray's offensive output has been for the Cardinals this season. However, it also tells us something about the Cardinals' opponent. The Cardinals fell 20-17 to Bill Belichick and the Patriots, who have now won three of their last four games. The Patriots' defense was bolstered by the return of all-pro corner Stephon Gilmore following a multi-game absence. However, they were facing an elite offense. The Cardinals came in averaging 28.7 points per game and 414 yards per game, but were held to just 298 yards and 17 points. While the Patriots have an uphill road to the playoffs at 5-6, and six, and currently in third place in their own division, don't count out Bill Belichick and the Patriots in December, especially as they get healthier. There's still time for this team to make a late playoff push. Now speaking of the AFC East, the next number to know is 1, because the Dolphins are one game behind the Bills for the AFC East lead, with a Week 17 showdown between the two looming. The Dolphins' defense suffocated the Jets 20-3, forcing three sacks and two interceptions, while Ryan Fitzpatrick played well, filling in for Tua Tagovailoa, who was scratched with a thumb injury. Fitzpatrick threw two touchdown passes and didn't turn the ball over. The Dolphins and head coach Brian Flores have committed to Tagovailoa when he's healthy, but the question remains, if if Fitzpatrick continues to play well, will the Dolphins use health as an excuse to sideline Tagovailoa? The Dolphins' next game against the Burrowless Bengals should be a cupcake, but from there, the schedule gets much dicier with matchups against the Chiefs, Patriots, and Raiders before that Week 17 matchup with the Bills. Now, the next number to know is three, as in three rushing touchdowns for rookie running back Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team, as he helped them dominate the Dallas Cowboys 41-16 on Thanksgiving. Gibson had 20 carries for 115 yards and also caught five balls for 21 yards. Gibson has quietly put together a nice season with 645 yards rushing and a very impressive 11 touchdowns on the season while averaging a respectable 4.6 yards per carry. But against the Cowboys, Gibson has been absolutely otherworldly. In the first meeting between the two teams, he had 20 carries for 128 yards and a touchdown. In other words, if Gibson replicated his numbers against the Cowboys for all 16 games of the season, he'd have 320 carries for 1,944 yards and 32 touchdowns. Now, obviously, Gibson cannot maintain this pace, but he has provided Washington with an offensive spark, and more importantly, he's giving them a nice young piece in offense to build around, along with Terry McLaurin, even as they're still searching for their franchise quarterback. Now, speaking of not franchise quarterbacks, the next number to know would be four, as in four turnovers for the Rams in a 23-20 loss to the 49ers. The Rams came into the game at 7-3 and and on top of the NFC West. But despite a strong effort from their defense, which held the 49ers to just 3.5 yards per carry and didn't allow 49ers quarterback Nick Mullins to throw a single touchdown pass, the Rams still lost. And much of that blame has to fall on quarterback Jared Goff, who threw two interceptions and lost a fumble while throwing for just 198 yards and failing to throw a touchdown pass. Now, Goff was very good last week in a win over the Bucks with three touchdown passes and 376 yards, 
but Sunday's game leaves him with just 16 touchdowns versus 10 interceptions on the season. And the Rams have to be wondering if Goff can really be a franchise quarterback in this league. Unfortunately for them, however, they're already paying him to be one, so they have got to hope he improves down the stretch because there's no easy way out of that contract. Now, speaking of turnovers, the Falcons' defense forced five turnovers in a 43-6 thrashing of the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr threw a pick six, and the Raiders had four fumbles while being held to 243 total yards. This is the best the Falcons' defense has looked in literally years, likely since their Super Bowl year. Now remember, this is the same team that choked away a 39-24 lead against the Cowboys in the last eight minutes of that game. So what to make of this game? The Raiders are no slouches with Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs, and Nelson Aguilar, but this was certainly an outlier in terms of turnovers, sacks, and points allowed for the Falcons. Still, they've quietly gone 4-2 since Raheem Morris took over for Dan Quinn as head coach. But if you're looking for a fantasy streaming defense, it will likely be best to look elsewhere as their schedule will be absolutely brutal down the stretch as they face the Saints, travel to LA to take in the Chargers, return to host the Bucks, then travel to the Chiefs, and then travel to Tampa to close the season against the Bucks once again. However, speaking of defenses that might be a little more appealing to stream, the next number to know is six, as in six sacks and 12 quarterback hits for the Seattle defense in a 23-17 win over the Eagles. This is the second week in a row where the Seahawks' defense has not only looked reasonably competent, but potentially even good. The improved play of the defense and the return of Chris Carson let the Seahawks ask a lot less of Russell Wilson, who attempted just 31 passes for 230 yards with one touchdown and no interceptions. And while that probably isn't good news for Wilson's MVP candidacy or fantasy owners, it's great news for the Seahawks' hopes of making a deep playoff run. The 8-3 Seahawks have an easy run to 11 wins as they face the Giants, Jets, and Washington football team before ending the season with two important division games against the Rams and 49ers respectively. And more importantly, that defense looks like a strong streaming candidate over the next three weeks. The next number to know is 12.7 yards per attempt for Deshaun Watson and a 41-25 Thanksgiving win over the lowly Lions. Watson was a Madden-esque 17 of 25 for 318 yards with four touchdowns and no interceptions. Despite the the loss of his best receiver DeAndre Hopkins this season and the general turmoil and ineptitude that have characterized the Texans' season, Watson is quietly having maybe the best year of his young career. With 24 touchdowns and just five interceptions, he's just three touchdown passes away from a new career high with a full five games to go, and he's on pace to throw for over 4,600 yards this year. However, Watson will be without his best receiver, the explosive Will Fuller, for the rest of the regular season following Fuller's suspension for PEDs. However, Watson's talent and age, he'll turn just 26 next September, should make the Texans an appealing destination for head coaches looking to replace Bill O'Brien, is they can step into a team with a ready-made young franchise quarterback. Now, speaking of teams that have already found their franchise quarterback, 41 is the next number to know, and that's the number of points for the Green Bay Packers and a dominant 41-25 win over the Bears. Coming into Sunday night's game, the Packers had gone just 3-3 in their last six games, including a shaky 24-20 win over the bottom-feeding Jaguars. But with their whole offense healthy, as healthy as has been since the start of the season at least, they launched a balanced run-pass attack that looked nearly unstoppable as Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdown passes, and running back duo Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams combined to rush 34 times for 163 yards and another touchdown. The Packers, and in particular Aaron Rodgers, are paradoxically at their best when Rodgers isn't asked to do too much. 
with just one likely playoff team, the Titans, remaining in their last four games of the season, the Packers have a good shot at locking up a first-round bye and potentially even an outside shot at home field advantage. Now, the next number to note is 140 first-half rushing yards and three first-half rushing touchdowns for Derrick Henry as the Titans rolled the Colts 45-26. to Henry finished the game with 178 yards rushing on 27 carries as the Titans reclaimed first place in the AFC South. Henry has already run for 1,257 yards and 12 touchdowns on the season, and over the last few years of his career, December has typically been Henry's best month of the regular season. Over the last two years, he's run for an average of 587 yards in December, so it seems safe to say that he's ready to carry both his real-life team and his fantasy owners to a strong end of the season. Additionally, the Titans have a very fantasy-friendly schedule, facing the Browns, Jags, Lions, and Texans in four of their last five games making him worthy of DFS consideration. However, Henry's carries are starting to mount, so you do have to wonder, particularly given the long-term contract he just signed, whether there will be any implications to his future health out of the sheer volume of carries he's recording. He already has 256 carries on the season, and with five games left, it's entirely possible that he could add another 100 carries to that total, if not more. It's definitely something to watch for as we look at Henry's fantasy value in future years, but he is certainly locked in for the remainder of this season. And the last number to know would be 269, and that'd be the number of yards receiving on 13 catches with three touchdowns for Chiefs speedster Tyreek Hill. Thanks in no small part to this monster game, Hill now leads the NFL in receiving yards with 1,021 and also in receiving touchdowns with 13. The Chiefs' offenses look dominant all season, but this was by far the most explosive this group has looked, and it all starts with Hill. There's no more explosive player in the NFL. He's a matchup nightmare because if you don't double-team him, very few corners can consistently stay with him, and as soon as you do double-team him, that creates one-on-one opportunities for Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, and Demarcus Robinson, and Hill is so good he just might beat that double-team anyway, like he did in a 75-yard touchdown reception on Sunday. But what makes this so huge is that Hill was having a fairly quiet season, at least by his standards, going into Sunday's game. He came in with just 55 catches for 752 yards for a fairly pedestrian 13.6 yards per catch. And in fact, he hadn't even had a 100-yard game in the Chiefs' first eight games. But this was now his third straight game with over 100 yards receiving, and he's been an absolute target monster, drawing 47 targets over that three-game stretch, of which he's caught 33 balls with six touchdowns. Hill appears to be fully locked in at just the right time for both the Chiefs and fantasy owners making a late playoff push. And for those looking for players that are worth paying up for in DFS formats, you could certainly do far worse than Hill. And that's the 10 things you need to know from week 10. And now it's time to talk about the coronavirus. Just as the coronavirus has thrown the lives of most Americans into disarray, it's increasingly doing the same for football teams. The Broncos were forced to play without a quarterback after the three quarterbacks in their roster were deemed close contacts of another player who tested positive for the virus, forcing the Broncos to put all three on the COVID-19 reserve list while they quarantine, and start practice squad wide receiver Kendall Hinton, who played some quarterback in college, at quarterback. Predictably, he threw twice as many interceptions as completions, two to one, but more importantly, it also raises a nightmare scenario for the playoffs. As the virus continues to spread, unless the NFL adopts a bubble format, it seems increasingly likely that teams will report these positive cases, and players will end up potentially exposing others at the position group to the virus. It's only going to be a matter of time until there's a playoff game that effectively ends up being decided 
by COVID-19 rules when an entire, say, cornerback group or an entire offensive line group ends up being forced into quarantine. Obviously, you notice it the most with a position like quarterback, but no team really can play a full game without an entire position group, particularly for position groups like offensive line, wide receiver, cornerback. You simply can't play today's NFL without being able to pass the ball, and you need all of those position groups for it. So it's going to, I think, hopefully push the NFL towards a bubble format because I really can't imagine the playoffs themselves being able to be finished any other way. And that's particularly clear, however, when you look around the rest of the league. The 49ers are being forced to take the band on the road as a county ban in Santa Clara on contact sports is preventing them from either practicing or playing games in San Francisco, so they're relocating to Arizona. And then there are the Ravens, who currently have 16 players on the COVID reserve list and are likely to be without many key players on Wednesday, and that's after that game has been moved back nearly a week. It's been delayed three separate times, and who knows, there could still be more delays for that game. But the reality is that the only way the NFL can really guarantee that no player on a team gets coronavirus is to effectively put all players into the bubble. Because we know that once one player gets it, the chances of it spreading within the team become pretty high. And even if it isn't actively spreading, simply taking precautions around quarantining players, putting them on the reserve list, having them stay away from the team because they've been deemed a close contact is going to upend things as we saw with the Broncos. So the NFL definitely is going to have to adopt a bubble format if they want to make it through the playoffs. And even even if they do that for the playoffs, I think there's a real chance ultimately uh, that the NFL may have a hard time finishing the season. But the games are going on for now, and they're certainly a welcome distraction for the rest of us at this point in time. So we will certainly hope for the best and see what happens. I'm your host, John Peterson. Check back next week for the roundup from week 13.